Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living.
Farmington Hills. Welcome and especially welcome to all visitors. We are glad you're with us and we hope you enjoy the service. I'm Donna Opoka and I'll be sharing the announcements. Please join us after service for fellowship down in the social hall. And today the women's group are doing a special outing. They're meeting at the Leo's Coney Island at 12 Mile in Farmington for brunch and then going on to the Park West Gallery for a day of fun. So all women are welcome. Our next Critical Conversations Zoom meeting is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. It is a time to cultivate love, healing, understanding, and change for all those who participate. Please join us and invite others. Just click on the link on our website. The men's group is meeting for breakfast at the Leo's Coney Island on this Saturday at 10 o'clock. All men are invited. Our board game night with pizza is also this Saturday at 6 p.m. Please sign up after the service in the social hall so we can get a count on how many pizzas to get. Bring your favorite board games and come and have some fun. If you haven't already done so, please renew your membership on our website so we can update our church records and submit an accurate membership count to the Unity Worldwide Ministries. To renew your membership or to become a member, go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, and click on the membership form. Our annual meeting and budget approval is next Sunday at 11.30 in the social hall and on Zoom. You must fill out the membership form by the 17th to vote at the annual meeting. To join the meeting through Zoom, click on the link on our website. Reverend Kelly's next class, The Celestine Prophecy, is February 21st through the 28th on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8.45 p.m. This class examines nine spiritual insights that unfold in consciousness to enhance our spiritual awareness. The book, The Celestine Prophecy, by James Redfield, is required, which is available on Amazon.com. To sign up for the class, please email Reverend Kelly at seniorminister at unityfh.com. Our licensed Unity teacher, Sharon Lewis, <laughs> and along with Mary Wackrow, the licensed Unity teacher from Unity of Royal Oak, will facilitate a five-week prayer chaplain training via Zoom on Saturdays, March 11th and 18th, April 15th and 29th, and May 7th from 10 to 2 o'clock. I'm sorry, 10 to 12 o'clock. Today is the last day to sign up and pay the $45 fee. If you have any questions, please see Sharon or Reverend Kelly. Eileen Lindbergh is our prayer chaplain for today. She will be available to pray with you after the service near the patio doors. To stay abreast of all our weekly activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com. 
check out our Facebook page or read through the weekly newsletter emailed out every Friday. And now, as the music team sings, surely the presence, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to hear the daily word and for our opening prayer and meditation. you to close your eyes if you'd like to and just relax while you hear these affirmations. <clears throat> Sunday, February 12th, 2023. Compassion. Today we affirm, acts of loving kindness build my strength. And our message reads, whether in my community or across the world, many people face hardship. As a member of the human family, I am inspired to undertake compassionate action and help whenever I can. Sometimes just a prayerful thought or a simple blessing can make a powerful difference in someone's life. Other times I may be able to take more direct action. I may listen to someone deeply as they share the concerns of their hearts, or I may volunteer to drive them somewhere or complete errands for them. Regardless of the form of my compassionate action takes, I am motivated to be of sacred service, to bring love and care of God into manifest form through my decisive action. Our Bible verse for today is from Matthew 14, 14. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. Let us pray. So with your eyes still gently closed, I invite you to take a deep cleansing breath. Let's bring our attention down into the center of our chest, which we call our heart center. Tune into a feeling of love, a feeling of oneness and peace. Let your mind be still. Let your heart be open. Charles Fillmore says that prayer is communion with God. When we come into union consciously with God. As we pray today, let us acknowledge that God is that one power, that one presence, that only power, only presence, only activity that is active in our lives and in the universe. God the good, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. 
And as we center ourselves inside, we come into conscious awareness of that spark of divinity that animates our bodies. God, we surrender it all to you right now. Every single thing that concerns us, every single person that concerns us, every single situation that is on our mind, we release it, we let it go, and we let your power take control. We thank you for your mighty gift of love that loves us no matter what. And just for a little bit, God, we allow ourselves to sit in that energy of love and oneness and peace and stillness and prosperity and harmony, letting it marinate deeply within our consciousness. Letting your presence relax our bodies. Letting our faith become spiritualized. That we may be willing to live the truth that we know. Letting you undergird us with a more powerful experience of spiritual strength. Knowing that in our physical weakness, you are that strength. You are that spiritual expression that comes in and infuses us, empowers us to go forward. That gives us the power, the strength to do what is ours to do and leave to you what is yours to do. Sit in that love. Here and online. And we thank you for your mighty gift of love. That loves us no matter what. In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. You get me fired up. <laughs> I almost felt... Feel myself start to preach. <laughs> His music just, oh my gosh, I love it. Let's go ahead and affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's affirm our U of H growth affirmation with the gusto that we know it's working because when you look around this church, you see it is. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth. 
fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Yes and amen. <laughs> Pain 
wasn't it? Just think about that. What if everything we go through are our mercies in disguise? I love that song. Thank you, Faith. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Nicholas. <laughs> and Nicholas, it's interesting because when you go like this, the piano's to go, I'm like, does he have another hand up there playing? <laughs> you are an awesome director, and we are grateful to have you, Nicholas. Oh, man, so we are <clears throat> in the second week of Black History Month. Last week, we were talking about one of the parables that Jesus shared dealing with the uh, shrewd manager. And it's interesting because shrewdness has not stopped. As a matter of fact, the shrewdness that the shrewd manager used, which went how do I want to say it? He used it to survive, to set himself up for survival, but the way he used it was for greed, and it wasn't in a loving way. Does that make sense? Okay, y'all going to have to bear with me, because God's pushing me into being fully self-expressed and having the courage to do that. In Black History Month, <clears throat> this is a touchy subject to deal, in, to deal with, to talk about. And so I'm, I'm, I'm letting God guide me through. The same kind of greed for survival that the shrewd manager used in his parable to go towards selfish gain and selfish purpose is honestly, if we be real and tell the truth about the history of the United States, it's the same type of shrewdness that created this country. If we just be real. To decide, to come up with an idea to go steal some people Stacked them like sardines in a boat. Naked. 
You're defecating on each other. Long trip to the United States to create a legacy of greed. That's what our history is, if you be real. And the truth is, it didn't start there. Columbus did not discover this country. There were already people here living happily. They had their own name for this country. They had their own culture. They were established here, and they were wiped out and killed, and this land was stolen. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's taking intelligence and cunning and prudence and using it in a way for greed. And in that parable that we talked about last week, Jesus said we can take that same innovation, that same intelligence, that same shrewdness, and use it in a way that blesses and creates friends. That did not end. And I know what our history was and our history is, and we're still living in the same way in a way. We're supposed to be where everybody's free. That's not the truth in the United States right now. However, if we live according to the lesson in this parable that Jesus taught us last week that we discussed, we can find ways to take that beautiful intelligence, that beautiful spirit of God that we are, our greatest wealth, which is the spiritual presence of God, and we can take it and we can use it to shift our consciousness in this United States. We can take it and we can shift it to where everybody is treated equal. Where the Constitution is for real being demonstrated here. It's a lie. It's a lie. And the church has been complicit in it because ministers are nervous to say something and tell the truth because people may leave. I don't give a flying what because I'm living according to God. And I know here, you guys created these before I came. You created that we were diverse, welcoming, loving, uh, spirit-filled, and empowered. You created this before I came. I came that we may walk together in the legacy of the truth you guys decided on. Amen? Amen. We sing a song at the end of all, every service that says, let there be peace on earth and let it what? Begin with me. I believe that in this church, in this church and the consciousness of this church, we are cultivating and creating a home, a spiritual eternal home. When Jesus says to be the type of, use your, in this verse, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends, then where your possessions are gone, this is verse, I'm in uh, Luke chapter 16. I'm, I'm just reading it again, so just remember it. It's verse 9. He's saying that when all of that is gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. I have been sitting with that. I have been sitting with that. I've been looking at our fellowship. We have been enjoying each other so much that we've been having a difficult time leaving. We have created an eternal expression in our own homes, in our own hearts, that people don't want to leave each other. That's the eternal home, the presence of God resonating absolute love and oneness and diversity and being spirit-filled and being empowered and, and all of those things that we have up here. We've been doing it so powerfully. 
that even newcomers come in and they feel at home. Amen? Amen. So if we can create that here, if we can bring in a different, a different, uh, all these diverse people and be the expression of God here, I know it can be done in the world. I know it. We got to hold the space for it. So as we move into the next part of what we were speaking on, this other piece, the other pieces of this, of this part that follow the Pharisee, I mean the uh, parable, Jesus knew he was, talking to the, he was talking to the disciples and directing his teachings to the disciples, but he was inadvertently talking to the Pharisees as well. They're sitting there listening, trying to find something to call him out on and get him arrested. He's a clever person. I told you last week, Jesus was a bad mamma jamma and still is. So as we move forward in the rest of this chapter in Luke 16, I'm going to go through verses 13 through 18. And on verse 13, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Let me repeat that. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You or, it says you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Those who were the Pharisees were doing this. And he was speaking to them, but he's also speaking to us as well. You cannot have a love for the things of this world and also have a love for God at the same time. But you can have a love for God that brings everything that you need in this world. Amen? Amen. And that's the ultimate master that we are here and created to serve. Now, back then when Jesus said that, of course, they had servants. And the servants were only in one home. Can you imagine a servant trying to fully serve one and then run over to another house and serve another person, another family, and then run back and serve that. You can't do it. You can't do it. And the same thing with our consciousness spiritually. We cannot live in a life where we're trying to be one way, the presence of God, but our mind is stuck and focused on fears that we're experiencing in this world. If you're caught up in the fears, if you're caught up in the greed, if you're caught up in for uh, going after and searching after the worldly goods, you are not in the consciousness of God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let's keep going. Then we'll get, we'll get deeper into this. Verse 14, the Pharisees who dearly loved their money heard all this and scoffed at him. They looked down their nose on, at him. Then he said to them, you like to appear righteous, in public, but God knows your hearts. Doesn't know how successful, it doesn't matter how successful you are, how you look shined all and polished up on the outside of you. The Spirit of God is in you and one with you. The Spirit of God sees where you're coming from, your motives and your intentions. He goes on to say, What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. What that means, because see, Jesus knew that they thought of God as a, from personification of human qualities. And that's why he's speaking this way. But truly what this means is that when you're caught up in the worldly wide gate 
uh, world consciousness, and your focus is there, in the third dimensional realm of limitation and separation, you're restricted. There's no fullness of God. There's no fullness of prosperity. There's no fullness of oneness. There's no fullness of the infinite expression of God going on in you because your consciousness is not there. Does that make sense? Where your energy goes, the consciousness flows. Well, no. Where your consciousness goes, the energy flows. Where your consciousness goes, the energy flows. You think the thing, God becomes the energy that does the thing. If you're caught up in something that's worldly, what he means by it's detestable to God, it means it's opposite of God. It's distraction away from the presence and the awareness and the consciousness and the demonstration and living in the presence of God. Does that make sense? I'll give you another way, another thing. Remember how we were talking about the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of God is the presence of God everywhere, the spiritual realm, the spiritual presence of God everywhere present. The omnipresence of God is the kingdom of God. Your understanding of it, you're going inside and having a relationship with it. Your experience with it, even your demonstration of it, is your kingdom of heaven. So when Jesus says to be heaven on earth and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. You don't pray to a God that's in the outer world. You just go inside and go and pray to the God in you. Another version, he says, the kingdom of heaven is in you, within you. You're one with it. And when your consciousness is flowing somewhere else outside of that, you're distracted. Your life will start to resemble that. You may have all the riches in the world. Even We've seen so many rich people taking their own lives because they're barren and dead inside. They got all the riches, they're wealthy, but there's no connection in life of God. Does that make sense? Yes. So the next, the next uh, verse, we're down to verse 16. Until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guides. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in. What does he mean by this? Moses and the, the Torah, the messages of the prophets, were all prophesying that somebody would come, that the Messiah would come. They were all prophesying about a way to live and the way that living will happen when the Messiah will come. They all prophesied, they all talked about a way of living, a way of being in a physical manifestation, the Ten Commandments, how you live amongst God and how you live with each other. But it was always you're dealing with your actions and a physical understanding of it because in the Old Testament, they weren't there yet. They weren't in a deep spiritual maturity yet. When John the Baptist came, it became the precursor of the Messiah. He came to announce and describe a new understanding of what Moses was teaching. Does that make sense? That you don't just live it and you don't just act it. You be it first. You go inside and you activate the life, the living vibration of the law, not just act according to the law. You live and you activate and you become the living vibration of the law. The greatest way to demonstrate the law is to be it to be the expression of it inside of yourself. And you cannot do that without a relationship with God. You can act like you have a relationship with God, 
You can demonstrate, ooh, and get all lit up with the music. But the music is satisfying the human desire. The music feels good and sounds good. But is it living inside of you? Is it the life expression inside of you? And Jesus came to demonstrate that life expression of it inside of us and to demonstrate that we are it's time for us to move into a deeper expression of that. Does that make sense? When you are living where money or mammon is what you are serving and your master, there's no part of you that wants to demonstrate any part, anything else and give anything else away because you're living according to lack consciousness. If I give it away, then there's not going to be enough. I'm going to give it all away and there's nothing left for me. Living to the, to the uh, having mammon be your master, which Charles Fillmore says is the consciousness of the worldly things, brings you in a place where you're always worried that something's taken away from you. It's a consciousness of the great replacement. You ever heard, you guys ever heard of the great replacement in this world? That there's a consciousness in, in, in a lot of white people that if there was a shift where there's equality, that they will be replaced by black and brown people. But that's not the truth if you live in the consciousness of God. There's infinite everything. If you're living according to your inheritance, according to God's riches, God's riches are infinite. There's no great replacement. There's a great equal distribution. There's a difference there. We're not created to replace each other. We're created to live in alignment with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Does that make sense? Yes. It would be wonderful if we were doing it right now, but we're not. Not fully. Not fully when we leave out of here. In here, we're doing it fully and being uh, 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 expressions of it, but I got an honest question for you. Are you doing it completely when you leave out of here too? It's easy when you do it around like-minded people. But it's interesting to be the pioneer in a group who, when you open your mouth, you may cause a little bit of discomfort in somebody. And it'll cause a little bit of discomfort in you. But as I've heard often said, we need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable that everybody's comfortable. Amen? Amen. This is deep. And it goes beyond Black History Month. It's any type of discrimination in this world. Let's keep going. God, I know I feel you. And I'm thanking you for opening me up to, be, to go forward in my nervousness. I know I may make people nervous. <laughs> and I'm feeling people uncomfortable, but that's okay. That's how we change. That's how we grow. It's growing pains, moving us forward. <laughs> So just be my strength. I let it go. Thank you. Amen. The next verse says, but now, oh no, but that doesn't mean that the law has lost its force. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the smallest point of God's law to be overturned. That as we are living in the consciousness listening, of the Christ consciousness, that no part of the law is overturned when you become the expression of it. See, they were nervous to shift. A lot of people get nervous with change. 
The Pharisees were there to be the, the leaders in moving into being the expression of God. They were there to teach the truth. They were there to express the truth, but they didn't know how. Does that make sense? There's a lot of us who are walking around ignorant because we don't know how. It's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. And so how we are living is going against the law, but it does not destroy, it does not dissipate, and it does not um, override the law or overturn the law. And the beautiful thing is when Jesus says it, when, if heaven and earth were to disappear, this is powerful as I sat with that. Heaven is our experience of the kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of God rather. So heaven is our inner experience, our inner maturity, our inner understanding of God, and our inner, inner demonstration of it. Does that make sense? And then in the physical world is the manifestation of it. The inner, the heaven, is the divine ideas of it, and the outer is the manifestation of your divine ideas. Where are you in your heart? Because all of us at one point of another or another become of the Pharisee where something else becomes a master in our mind and in our heart, whether it's conscious or subconsciously done. And you can tell whenever you're having some kind of feelings inside of you that is not harmonious. Somewhere inside of you, we're out of alignment. Let us search our hearts and supersede what we know we think we should do and go into being the expression of what we are meant to be. Does that make sense? When you come from the expression of what you're meant to be, what do you think you're meant to be? I'm asking you all. Call something out. What do you think we are meant to be? Anybody? God's love. Peace. Peace. Compassion. Compassion. I heard somebody say something, but I didn't hear what. Support. Support. Truth. Yes. We're meant to demonstrate this. When you said it, didn't you feel the spark of what you said because it was your truth? Didn't you feel it spark up? Didn't you feel it empower you as you said that? Now just think of the things that we're not meant to be and you say those things. It disempowers you. It feels the, on the outside the lust of the flesh, the lust of the pride, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes, it, it, but it's temporary and fleeting. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging us to empower yourself by switching from putting the world first and put God first. I'm empowering you. I'm challenging you throughout this month to look at how you plan to move forward in doing your part to shift. Even the littlest ripple can impact the whole wave. Does that make sense? What are you called to do? It's going to challenge you. If it's something easy and rinky-dink, it ain't God. It ain't God. I'm going to write a little check. That ain't God. Not that you don't have to write it. I'm saying write the check. But don't, no, no, no. Erase it from your mind. Write a check that pushes you forward into righteous giving. Put an action in there that pushes you forward past your comfort zone to do something greater than what you could think you can do. Let God's strength empower you to step into it. Our strength is our power of endurance, our ability to stay the course, and our ability to persevere. We can do this and do our part. Even if it seems like a little part, it still shifts some aspect of the consciousness of God because we are all one with God. Does that make sense? So I'm going to really push y'all today. We got critical conversations going on tomorrow. Seriously. 
I'm going to challenge you all. All you got to do is go at 7 o'clock on the website and click the link. You don't even got to do anything but that, and it'll bring you into the conversation. If you're nervous about it, that's beautiful. Nervousness and butterflies mean that God's about to push you forward past your comfort zone. You feel a little uncomfortable about it, uncomfortable about it, that's beautiful. It's pushing you out of your comfort zone into your speaking and being the presence of Christ zone. Does that make sense? It pushes you out of your human realm and it pushes you out of your judgment into standing in an expression of love and light. Am I the only one in here that wants to be love and light? No. Or do the rest of you want to be love and light? I'm, I'm trying to clap with my Bibles in my hand. So instead of trying to overturn because it's uncomfortable, let's step into the presence of God. Let's become comfortable. Let's strengthen our spiritual muscle because in order to build muscles, you got to keep putting on extra weight. Extra weight means moving you past what you're used to, what you're comfortable in, and be a stronger expression of the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Are we ready to be a stronger expression of God? Yes. Okay, I'm going to say it one more time. I want us to do it with gusto. Are we ready to be the powerful expression of God? Yes! Thank you. Gusto. Gusto. The universe hears it. It resonates within us, and you become empowered by the spirit of it. That any part of you that's nervous is transmuted into a higher expression of light. You are here not to hide behind a bushel. I told you when you hide your light behind a bushel, your fire behind, it burns up the bushel. You're still going to be seen. Let's finish this out. Verse 18. For example, a man who divorces his wife and marries someone else. Now he's talking about them watering down the law of God and what they were taught. He says, a man who divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery. And anyone who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. Now they had made it where men, because women had no rights, Women weren't even considered uh, important back then. If a man did not like how his wife made his food, he could write her a letter of divorce and usher her out of the house. And she was divorced from him. Now she's already had sex with him. She's not, um, she's not a virgin anymore. So now her life is destroyed because they wanted to marry only those who were virgins. They watered it down. And according to God, you're married for life. The two come together, and what God has put together, no, let no, no man take asunder, put asunder, unless it's because of fornication. That was the law. And so these Pharisees are being okay with things. And one of the major things was King Herod had done that, and John the Baptist was calling it out. He ended up getting beheaded for it, but he called it out. I'm going to keep my head for be calling stuff out of... Thanking God that I'm going to keep my head. But let's go deeper than this. When you truly step into being the presence of God, you marry the law. Actually, you realize that you are married to the law because it's written on your heart. You are the expression of God's truth, God's life, God's principles, and God's spiritual truth law. It's you. You are one of the quantum possibilities, the quantum field of possibilities of God's life in you. And what you choose will manifest. And we get to choose to use the spirit of God however we choose fit. God was so amazing that God gave the weakest part of us the most powerful choice in the world over the greatest power, part of us. Your human mind 
your human ego has a choice to live according to God, use the presence of God in a constructive, loving, beneficial way, or use it in a destructive way. We have a choice to be in the flow or be out of the flow. We have that choice. And you will demonstrate whatever you choose. Amen? Amen. When you put the world first, you've divorced yourself from God. That's the true meaning of what he's saying. Because in the Jewish tradition back then, you were married to the church. You were married to God. The church was married to God. God was the husband. The church was the, the wife. Let's go deeper as far as our consciousness is concerned. Your soul is the wife. The spirit part of you, the Christ in you, is the husband. When we act in a way where our mind and our heart, which make the soul, are not in alignment, not married in the consciousness of a demonstration of God, we've divorced God. Does that make sense? I want to be a deeper expression of God. I don't know about you. One of the things that I loved about Jesus and his teachings was parables were a powerful way he taught. But as I sit and I reflect on that, Jesus' demonstration and expression of his own life was the greatest parable ever told. And you all, your life, Jesus used parables to you demonstrate in the earthly, everyday life a heavenly message. You are an earthly, everyday expression of God. Your life is a story that's here to demonstrate a heavenly message. Amen? Amen. My life, together, my, my life, life is, here is here to demonstrate, to demonstrate a, heavenly a heavenly expression, a heavenly message. A heavenly Are you here to step into that message? Yes. Are you willing to step into that message? Yes. Are you ready to step into that message? Yes. Oh, let's just do these real quick, and then we can close this up. I was looking at spirit field. Spirit field means to, to demonstrate and express and empower ourselves with the power of God inside of us, to be that expression and to live that expression, but also to accept it in everyone else. That's seeing everyone as equal expressions, different but equal expressions of the one living God that it's living inside of you, and as you look in the eyes of everyone else, you see that life in them. And it ought to cause a smile. Oh, that reminds me of my cousin. My cousin is a funny person. He came up to this uh, cashier one day, and she said, how are you? He said, I'm, li I'm absolutely, positively, fantastically, I can't even say it, fantastically, uh, say it again, fantastically. fantastically wonderful. And she's like, that sounds a little trite. He said, yeah, but you know what I like? I like that sometimes you can be the type of person that when you come around, you make people smile. And there's also those kind of people that when you walk away from them, then you smile. He said, try to figure out which one you are. I want it to be that when people look at me, they see a smile. Even with my mask on, they see a smile in my eyes because I am so lit up with the Spirit of God that my eyes see the Spirit of God in them. Amen? I want to be that, I, that we are in a place. I want to do it according to how I have it here because God showed it to me. Or maybe I'll just follow God. I'll follow God. Okay, so as I'm resonating in the spirit in me, then when I see and speak to people, my words empower and inspire them. 
Just think of how we do, if we would do that. There would no, there'd be no idea of race. There would be no idea of superiority. There would be no thought or idea of, uh, of greed. There would be no thought or idea of grade replacement. There will only be living together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And what I do empowers you and what you do empowers me. Because I'm tuned into the Christ and my relationship with God, so I'm spirit-filled. Amen? Amen? And then when we do that, we open up our realm of consciousness to invite, invite everybody into our life. So not only the church being diverse, our very life is diverse. Look at how many friends you have that are multi, that are different colors. Who do you feel most comfortable with? How about we shift that and be comfortable with everybody? Equally comfortable with everybody. Does that make sense? And then we move into a space of being welcoming, embracing, and inclusive. And when you do that, you demonstrate oneness, which is the last one, being loving. And I'm going to keep using these over and over again because when we live by these, that's all you got to do to be the presence of God that will dismantle the consciousness that created where we are right now. I know that and, and that where we are right now has nothing to do with anybody's consciousness in here, I'm sure. I'm sure. None of us have any unconscious biases or anything going on inside of us that we need to work on. Uh, 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 that's a lie on me. Because I know I got a lot of work to do. But I'm willing to do it, and I'm willing to dig in and pull up my sleeves and get uncomfortable. And I'm willing to do it with you all. And I'm willing to have you all be like Miss uh, Loretta, who we got some FOLs, friends of Loretta, in our conversations. And, and I'm, I'm willing to invite others to join us in this, to invite us, and keep inviting other churches to join. Eventually, they will. I love this scripture in um, 1 Corinthians. Because it teaches us how we can continue to resonate this. Sometimes we see things. Like in one of our, our last critical conversations, one of the persons said that she uh, was discouraged a little bit about the, the black police officers who had beat, one, uh, beat a, a, another black guy, and then eventually he died. What was his name? Tyrese? Or... Say the name. Tyree. It can discourage us if we let it. But if we live according to 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 56, 58, rather, where it says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. When you're working for the Lord, you're spirit-filled. Your master is God, and since your master is God, it's ignited in you. It's alive in you, and it propels you forward. There's nothing can, can, that can stop you or get in your way because no weapons formed against you will prosper because you're in the spirit of God, activating the spirit of God, drawing forth the law of God and the law of attraction, and what you touch will prosper. Amen? Amen. So always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Whether it's a prayer, like, we said, like it said in the Daily Word, or whether it's doing something really actively, I'm challenging us all, not just during Black History Month. Let's make this for the rest of our life. What can you do? How can you use your resources to be a great expression of these values that this is how we're supposed to be living? Values are how we live, right? This is what we live by. So that we can contribute to a shift in the consciousness Jane Elliott asked a question, and I'm going to share this tomorrow in Critical Conversations. 
She asked white people in this group, and one day when she did this, uh, this, talk, this uh, presentation, she said, I want to ask the white people in the group. She said, knowing what black people go through in this world, are you willing to trade places with them? Stand up if you're willing to trade places with them. And nobody did anything. She said, no, you're not hearing me. You're not getting it. If you're willing to trade places with the black people in this United States and be treated the way they're treated, stand up. Come on, stand up. And nobody stood up. She said, you know what that tells me? She said, it tells me that it's wrong. And what she left the challenge is, what are you going to do about it? Some people are nervous, and I heard this from Emmanuel Alcho, and I'm going to show this tomorrow in Critical Conversations too, about the Good Samaritan, that they, some of them who walked past were worried about what would happen to them if they helped. And the Good Samaritan wondered about what would happen to the person if he didn't help. I'm asking you all, you love us. You love each other. If we don't stand up, What will happen to those of us who are still being treated inhumanely if we don't stand up together? And I promise you, we cannot, those of us who are black and brown can't do anything without you who are white in this group or in this world. We can't, because we didn't create it. You have, to, you have to change it. But I promise you, those of us who are in this room, and I feel comfortable speaking for the black and brown people in this group, that we will uphold you and empower you in being allies for us. Am I, am I appropriate for saying that for those yeah. of us who are black and brown? And, I, and I, may speak, I may speak freely. I'm just going to try to speak freely. And if I'm wrong, just let me know. Those of you who are of a white descent in here, I have a feeling that your hearts are so open that you are willing to step in a space of being uncomfortable that we may be comfortable. Am I, am I speaking correctly? Am I being honest with this? So let's close out. Gently close your eyes. Put your hand on your heart. Take a deep breath. Feel your heart being ignited by the power of God's love and light. See that light easing down your spine into your lower back, infusing that area where your tailbone is. See the light easing up, igniting right behind your gut, moving back into your heart and up your spine into your, your skull, into the middle of your brain, activating that area right there. And so now we've activated our love, we've activated our strength and endurance, our ability to stay the course, we've activated our wisdom, and we've activated our faith. And I want you to, I want you to just take a deep breath, and I want you to affirm this after me. Thank you, God, for giving me the, thank you, God, power, and the strength and the faith, and the wisdom, to do what is mine to do, as I am guided by you. Thank you for being the strength that does what is yours to do and helps me be part of that expression. Visualize, just take a deep breath and visualize what this world would look like if we really lived with God as our master. Just visualize, feel the love, let yourself smile into it. When we live as God is our master, and that means love is the master of your heart, 
you are the eternal home of God's love. Amen? 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 Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Namaste. Leave it all behind. Leave it all I've done all the work, but you keep on working when you're running on empty and you can't find the remedy. Just come to the well. You can spend your whole life chasing what's missing. That empty inside, it just ain't gonna listen. Nothing can satisfy, and the world leaves you high and dry. Just come to the well. And all who
living water is found in me because you came to the well yeah close your eyes, take a deep, cleansing, happy, joyful breath, <sighs> bringing your consciousness into the feeling and the, of what we just felt. Leave it all behind and come to the well, the well of prosperity and abundance, and let's bring to your consciousness what you are feeling led by God to give for today's love offering. Take another deep breath, claiming and affirming it. And let's go ahead, if you need to open your eyes, do so. Let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love, through me, blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's stand up so we can do our prayer for protection. And then after it, we'll, right after, we'll do our peace song. And then I want to just ask you something deeply, just from my heart. Just want to ask some, everybody something deeply, just from my heart. The prayer ministry matters so much for, to me. The reason why we almost made, we made close to $200,000 as far as bringing in money last year was because of prayer. The prayer chaplain and the prayer ministry and your prayers. That way did you tithe through being yourself. 
What I want to ask you, please, as we leave out, let's go ahead and clear out the sanctuary so that Eileen can go into her sacred place as a prayer chaplain and pray with those who need prayer. Amen? Amen. So let's go ahead and do our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.